Hey, this is Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, back with you once again. A lot of people always ask me, what is the name Agents Influence? Where did you get that from? Well, I just dissected the words, and what I did is I noticed agent wasn't necessarily who you and I are. Agent is, uh, the third definition is, is it's a force to create change, kind of like if you mix two chemicals together, they're an agent for change to create something else. And the word influence actually means giving a voice to those who have no voice. So I believe that through agents' influence, we can use natural forces to create change in the insurance industry by giving a voice to those who have no voice. And that's why today I brought on uh, Robin Eichert. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. You guys don't know that uh, before we recorded, I kept calling Robin Robert, and I don't know why. As you guys know as listeners, I've never even interviewed someone by the name of Robert, so I don't know why I do it. Um, Robin, I do apologize, but we'll keep on going. Before we do get to her, because I think you're going to find out that uh, some the, the talent and the value that she brings is something that really hasn't been brought to the podcast before. And, um, you know, I think you're really, really going to like it. I'm not going to ruin it right now because we're going to be bringing Robin on here in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you just for a second about Grow Lab. Um, you've heard me talk about this probably for the last three or four months, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't know exactly when you're listening to this uh, podcast, but it is happening September 8th in Chicago. As of right now, we have one seat left available. We're only taking 50 agents, and that's not a gimmick. We only have room for 50 people. Now, I do know that I do have a couple sponsors that told me that they were each not going to be bringing somebody that we thought was coming, so I think we might be opening up a couple more seats, but I'm not sure. So if you want to find out, go to growprogram.com forward slash grow dash laboratory. That's growprogram.com forward slash grow dash laboratory. If you go there and boom, the landing page is there, that means we still have a seat or two open. If you go there and it says, sorry, can't website, can't be found, that's because we've taken it down and we're absolutely full. But before I do, I just want to thank everybody um, for the Grow Lab. This is going to be exciting. There's This is not a workshop. This is not a trade show, a conference, or convention. This is going to be something totally different, and that's what I want for agents. And so far, the list of agents that we have, I don't know if there's any other rock star agents that are out there that we don't have at this Grow Lab. And one thing I do before we get on with the podcast, I got to give a shout out to four of the main people that are making Grow Lab happen. I got to give a shout out to Marble Box because if you guys don't know about Marble Box, we use them here in our agency. They do all of our backroom data entry work. Why do we do that? Because that's work that the CSR of the 21st century doesn't need to be doing. And the work of the CSR of the 24th century needs to be upselling and cross-selling so that they can enjoy their job more and they can get the compensation that they deserve. Then also buy Insurance Agent Mobile App. That's the app that we use for our agency. Why do we use it? Because it's the only and the best way for us to separate ourselves by creating the customer experience that they deserve, they crave, and they desire. That's the way you sell more. Creating a customer experience, you got to do it with Insurance Agent Mobile App, or Insurance Agent Mobile App is, is, is really what the name of it is, but you can go look up GoInsuranceApp.com. So that, that's, a, that's a great app. I also want to throw out Advisors Evolved. If you need to know anything about SEO or websites specific to insurance, Advisors Evolved. Give Chris Langilla a call. Go look at advisorsevolved.com. And last but definitely not least, Rocket Referrals. You want to get referrals? You say you get referrals now. I guarantee you, you don't get as many referrals as you think you do. And if you want to continue to keep doing that, do it. But if you want to put your referrals on automation, check out rocketreferrals.com. We use them in our agency. As 
you know as listeners, I'm never going to bring something to the table that I don't use, Joey or Joey doesn't use, or somebody very close to us that we've actually been able to see them use it, see the process of it happening, and actually seeing results. That's what we want to bring to you. But in the meantime, let's get on with this um, as we jump in with Robert Eckert, um, and she is going to be explaining some awesome stuff to us. So let's go. So here we are back with Robin Eckert, and I just do not know what is wrong with my speech today. And if all you listeners just want to laugh at me and send me emails at jason at growprogram.com, just feel free to do it. I'm like in this state of mind right now where I can't say the name Robin, and I, I don't know what it is. And I feel bad because I've been wanting to get Robin on forever, and here she is, and I keep calling her Robert. So let's get that on mind. And Robin, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here. Wow. I mean, I know you're sitting back there on mute just laughing like all the listeners are, but I am not going to say the other name ever again. So, Robin, you are with um, People Sense Consulting, and uh, we welcome you because I think that the listeners have no idea the value you bring. Um, I think that you are severely under-marketed because after I see and I have gone through your website really extensively, that is one thing I'm really good at is doing my homework of my guests. I'm sitting here looking at this stuff going, holy cow, there's things out here that I've thought to myself as an agency owner, hey, I need these tools or I need some assistance or I need some guidance in this direction. And I'm sitting here looking going, why doesn't more people know about this? So um, Robin, kudos to you and and what you're doing. And we're going to talk more about that. But before we do, uh, let's get into the important stuff. Uh, Are you an iPhone or Droid user? Definitely iPhone. Love Def- it. Oh, uh, yeah. You say that with conviction like that's cool or something, Robin. It's it's really <laughs> not cool, okay, because we're <laughs> droid users, and, and that's much cooler. But anyways, Aww. you know, I was saying on my last podcast, Robin, that uh, that I really kind of figured out that iPhone is like the captive agent, and droid is like the independent. So I now think that I'm for sure in the right corner as a droid user. So, <laughs> that's um, so funny. That's true, Love. but it's not, you know. So anyways, um, okay. Robin, being an iPhone user and all the wonderful things that, that the iPhone and Droid can do to enlighten and better our lives, what's the last app that you've uh, downloaded to your phone? Well, I must admit it wasn't a business-related app. It was um, the PGA uh, Golf app. My Ooh. husband and I were outside in the backyard, and we wanted to watch uh, one of the tournaments, and so <laughs> I downloaded it to see if I could uh, get it online. So that was the last app I downloaded. Fantastic. Were you successful? Actually, I wasn't. You weren't. Okay. No. Yeah. No. So. It's so, a bummer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I tell you. I tell you what, just for everybody out there, if you guys don't have Chromecast, I got to tell you, I've been using Chromecast now for the last five or six months. I'm absolutely blown away by it. And also, uh, the, the these uh, do you have Dish Network or do you have uh, what do you have? What, DirecTV. You have DirecTV. Okay. Well, yep. they have those apps that you can put on your smartphone and you can literally just watch your TV anywhere. So my family and I we're big into camping, and uh, we don't watch TV when we go camping. But we went camping earlier this year when the NBA Finals were on. 
And mm-hmm. I just downloaded, I have Dish Network. I downloaded the Dish Network app and then just watched it right from my uh, my son's tablet. But here was what even better. I went and took, got a, a bigger TV, Robin, and then I Chromecasted it off of our tablet onto our big TV. So here we are in the middle of nowhere camping watching the NBA Finals. I'm thinking, if this ain't 2016, baby, I don't know what is. You know what I'm Excellent. talking about? That is know, so crazy. excellent. Good Great. job. So, um, uh, as before, we really dig deep here, um, Robin. How can people find out about you? How can they find you uh, um, to connect with you? Lots of ways. Thanks for asking. Um, www.peoplesenseconsulting, and that's S E N S E, peoplesenseconsulting.com. And I'm on uh, Facebook, Twitter. Um, both of those are PeopleSense. So the Twitter handle is at PeopleSense. Facebook is PeopleSense. And YouTube, I have a YouTube channel. Yeah, and you've, you've also been on public radio a little bit here and there. Am I right about that? I was interviewed by NHPR. It was just a fabulous experience. I, it's one of my favorite radio stations to begin with. I agree. But um, they did a segment on my connection with animals and how I bring them into my work. So that was really um Management Just, lessons from a dog. Exactly. I like yeah. that. I like that yeah. a lot. I saw that. I listened to a little bit of that. Is great, and I love NH, uh, NHPR as well. I really, really do. I don't get to listen to them as much, but I found out that they're on uh, one of my apps that I listen to. I can't remember if it was iHeart or whatever, and now I'm back tuned into them. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. So uh, love to hear a little bit about that as well. And then what's the email address uh, that that people can find you at? Email address is Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at PeopleSenseConsulting.com. All right. So while you guys are listening to us, if unless you're uh, exercising or driving in the car, if you got a chance, uh, pop open your computer, go to PeopleSenseConsulting.com um, and check some of her stuff out because I think you're going to uh, kind of going to be impressed and realize just like I did that there's help out there that you need every day. That actually is uh, there's a lot of tools out there to really help you. So let's go. Let's go here. Um, so so take us back to high school. Now I know that was only two or three years ago, Robin, but take us back to high school, take us back to wherever you want to start and bring us forward to kind of let us know like how you created you and the you that you are today. Okay, great. Um, High school was in Richmond, Virginia. Then I went to Virginia Tech and got my bachelor's in communication there. And um, right after I graduated from college, I actually got a job in Europe selling yearbook publishing because I was the editor of the Bugle, which is the yearbook at Virginia Tech. And, you know, incredible experience. I had never been to Europe. I didn't know any foreign language. In fact, I took Spanish in high school, but can't say I did so well. (laughs) (laughs) I needed French. So um, quite, quite a learning experience, but an awesome one. I was there for three years. And, but I, I started with this diverse job mix. So as I said, I was selling in my first uh, career you know, position. And then when I came back to the States, I moved to Boston and started working at a very progressive software company. And I was in the software documentation group. And that was before there was online, you know, online documentation. And so my responsibility was to manage the process of um, the documentation that honestly would fill a bookshelf because it was very complex software, st- statistical quality control stuff. Um, but anyway, what was significant about that is that the um, 
the documentation groups, even though I was managing projects and not people, they started to pull me in on things like the hiring process because they felt like I had this way to um, understand whether somebody was going to be a fit for the group. And so it was just this organic um, people connection that started very early on in my career. And then high tech was, um, you know, became a really volatile, volatile industry. I decided to leave that organization, even though it was so important to my career because of how um, uh, well honed their management team was. And I got um, involved with facilitating some of the higher level, uh, the, the highest level senior management teams and their TQM and ISO pro projects, even though when I first started there, it was lowest on the totem pole, but, you know, got um, progressively involved with those sorts of uh, initiatives. Then when I left there, I was managing a ton of people at another organization and loved it, got great feedback throughout my management career uh, from all levels, from the people who reported into me, from my own managers, from my peers would ask me for results. So I think in addition to the diverse job mix that I had, I had that natural um, propensity to be a good manager, just was lucky in that regard. And um, that one organization that I was with for seven years where it was really, uh, again, foundational to my management, both experience and uh, development. When I left there, I went to a couple more organizations where it was just the opposite. So I saw the best of management. I saw the worst. And those were powerful learning experiences for me where I, I now can understand them because I've lived through them. I've been in the trenches. I've seen what works and what doesn't. And I could spot it now. And I think with my work, it's why I love it so much because I know what it's like to be in the best. And I know what it's like to be in a painful organization where people um, are not um, tapped into using their fullest. And that's my goal is to help organizations create that environment for everybody where everybody thrives, everybody's doing their best work, and it's enjoyable, it's fun, it's not painful. Well, you know, and that sounds awesome. And Robin, you've been a, you've kind of been a, um, a. Uh, this actually wasn't set up this way, but we've done something with Skip Wiseman about building your championship team on better communication. <laughs> um, yeah. A podcast that's not out yet that I just recorded with Tom Baker uh, with Catalyst uh, Insurance services or systems, uh, systems, excuse me. And he talks about uh, better compensation. And that's mm -hmm. why I thought you're so good here, Robin. Um, not only are you flying around and I saw that you're doing some work for SIAA and on a regional level VIAA, which I think is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really kind of felt as if I was like, you know, Robin really kind of fits the mold of, some, of another area we are suffering or we need help with in our agencies. And so one of the areas that I think is, is that uh, and no matter how small or how large the agency is, um, well, before I go into that about that, uh, let me ask you a question real quick. I'm interested. Why, why the name PeopleSense? What, where did PeopleSense come from? PeopleSense came from um, a, a desire of mine to better articulate my work. When I first started my business in 2001, um, I, I called it after my you know, my initials and followed by consulting group, but it 
didn't feel as um, closely aligned to what I was doing. And for me, my work is around making sense of the people in your organization. And so that's how I, I came up right. with, the, with the name. Sweet. Okay. That's good. I always love little, I always love the reason behind names because you know, that's such a, uh, like you, you even changed it. It's such really truthfully, I think we look past sometimes names and we don't realize that it's really the foundation of mm-hmm. something that we should be able to look back to and be like, oh, that's why I started this. So I think that's pretty cool. But going right. on back onto it now, one of the things that no matter if you're a small agency, a middle size or a larger agency, one of the things that you have to have is somebody in the organization has to be the manager. And 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 I don't care if that's a single agent agent where he he or she is the uh, agent where they are the manager where they are the owner where they are the janitor. Um, believe me, that's where I started out um, when I started my agency. Um, and believe it or not, I still am the uh, janitor at my own office. But anyways, um, <laughs> what does that manager role? What what are some good things? And see, here's the great thing to all my listeners, guys. You guys know we don't pre-plan any questions, you know, and we don't do that. We want to get pure knowledge out of Robin. So I'm going to throw a question here to her that I know she's going to knock out of the park, and that is, you know, there's managers, and you've seen good managers, and you've seen things that bad managers do. I think every manager is probably good. They just don't know if they're doing the wrong or right thing. And what are some things, um, some some common things that you usually see in the insurance industry or in an agency of things that managers do that make a good manager, but things that managers don't do that may be putting them in a bad light with their employees? So you think we should start there? I love starting there. Um, For me, the number one thing that divides an awesome manager from one that struggles is the focus on their team. And for me, that means um, making sure that the individuals that you bring on board, that you devote your, um, you know, that you have a commitment to helping them succeed. And of course, that encompasses a lot of different uh, tasks and activities to make that happen. But the the managers who struggle with this whole um, high performance outcomes are ones that feel like, oh, they should just be able to do do that on their own. And I'm not saying that individuals should work uh, should should not be able to work independently. They should be, but there is um, uh, a need for us to be mindful of what's important to the individual and how do we create that environment because in absence of that they're not going to do their best and that you know for instance and an example could be autonomy it could be that and uh, the best producer on your team usually is a very autonomous person somebody who wants to work independently so don't micromanage that person and i've seen that happen Okay, so this is this is so good, Robin. I'm I'm serious. This is so good. See, this is why I love being an agency owner and talking to people like yourself because I'm dealing with this right now, um, and and I know other agents probably are out there as well. And and one of the things that blew my mind the other day, Robin, is I was trying to talk with my. I try to meet with my staff uh, on uh, every three months, every six months, every nine, every every twelve months. I'm trying to do the things that I'm learning, that I'm reading and stuff. And one of the things is that sometimes as an agency owner, I feel as if I'm giving my staff too much work. 
And so I try to do some of the stuff myself, and they end up coming back to me and saying, "Jason, just get out of our way and give us the work because we can do it more efficiently. We can do dead, you know, the documentation and all this stuff where it needs filed and yada yada yada." And so, but it was amazing because um, Sarah said to me, Sarah said, and she's my, she's ahead of my commercial line. She said to me, she says, Jason, I, I just get out of my way and let me do what we do. And she says, but I'll let you know when we need you. And ironically enough, like two hours later, she came back to me and was like, okay, Jason, this is one of those times. Mm-hmm. Because what I always believed in is I want to help my staff. And I think I have the problem, Robin, of that I try to help my staff too much. Like mm-hmm. I want to always assist them. And mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of agency owners, and I want you to tell me if I'm wrong here, are on the opposite side to where they kind of just let their people go and as you said they'll figure it out i do see more of the latter like you said where people the agents everybody's busy right and especially agency owners and principals and so they they do tend to step out especially if they trust and respect the individual they see early signs let's say they bring them on board and they have a lot of hope for this individual they tend to just let them go and there's, um, there is that fine line of making sure, again, that you're really meeting the needs of the other person. So if you've got two or you've got 10 or 50 people on your team, that continuum changes for each person. So it, it can feel kind of overwhelming to, um, to find that right blend and mix with each person, but it's really important to do so. So and when you're finding that blend in that person, I think that's a manager and they need to define who they are and who that employee is. But sometimes I think after you're managing them, maybe we already skipped a step and that was maybe just uh, me, but uh, we got to make sure that first of all, we hire the right person and ask the right questions. And, and so that is one of the things that I see that you are an expert on. Also, I want to let everybody know that if you go to PeopleSenseConsulting.com, uh, there's a free report there of habits of a highly effective manager. All you got to do is put in your email and your first name. And Robin has promised me that if you do that, she's not going to spam you or anything. Um, right. But it is a very, very good report um, that I have. I got to tell you, I just downloaded it. I just read a couple pages of it just to try and do my homework. But if you look at her website, she's got a lot of stuff. Now the hiring, the hiring right. So, have you hired someone who didn't meet your expectations? Um, want to change that hiring? Hiring right just got easier. So, you want to talk a little bit about hiring and some of the pros and cons of things that we do? Absolutely, I love the hiring process because for me, it's the easiest way to fix a people problem. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, if we never, if we um, avoid that problem in the beginning, obviously that's going to be the best bet. And one of the biggest um, issues is rushing when you feel so um, um, like you really just have to have somebody you're overwhelmed with workload and or growth and you feel like you've got the right person in front of you, but you don't take the time to really understand the What's beneath the tip of the iceberg, I think of the hiring process as, um, you know, for instance, an interview is can be a, an hour, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it's longer than that. But a lot of organizations, they spend about an hour and they think that they have the full scoop on this individual and you're just seeing the tip of the iceberg. We want to get below that and understand more about this individual um how they think, their learning style, their behavioral traits, their interests, what 
I would call the whole person because those um, areas, they matter to job fit. And mm. we can't just get that in a quick face-to-face. That's right. That's right. You know, um, I think there's a difference when you're creating a relationship and you're getting married. I always love comparing it to other things, Robin. Um, Whenever you're in a relationship and you're getting married, um, it's okay when the honeymoon wears off because you really kind of know what the person's like before and probably going to be after the honeymoon because you've been with them for six months, a year, two years, whatever. Does that make sense? Absolutely. But, But when that person's sitting in front of you, and you've known them for uh, an hour or someone referred them or they go to your church or whatever it could be, um, I personally want the honeymoon to wear off as fast as possible because I want to know who that person really is because I didn't know them other than this. And so my question to you is, is how do I get past that honeymoon? I know that the first month or two, they're going to be on their best behavior and they're going to do everything that we ask of them and they're going to stay over 20, 30 minutes late and come in an hour early and, oh, don't worry about that. That's just who I am. And then they're that different person. What are some questions? What are some things that we can do to to maybe get past that honeymoon as fast as we can to find out who that real person is? Absolutely. So there's two primary ways that I would recommend. And the first is to always, always, always stay focused on the job requirements. You know, you mentioned how you may know them from some other organization, a church or, or other group that you're involved with, or often I find with insurance agencies, they're getting referrals from people that they know, might even be a family member or somebody in an extended family. And automatically, we have this natural, it's just common, you know, um, natural for us to have this immediate affinity and think, oh, they're going to be great because Joe knows them and, or they worked with Sue. And so, and they, that was a great experience for Sue. And so therefore, oh my gosh, this is great. I'm all set. And yet they don't stop and, and really understand what is it about this work here at my agency and my environment here that I need and get really clear on what I call the must-have traits. This individual must have these traits in order for it to be successful. And I really want it to be a, a very small number, like two or three, because, you know, if you're looking at 20 traits, nobody's going to have all those 20 traits. I'm talking about things they must have. Good point. And and when we're talking to this individual, let's make sure our questions are geared to what we need. So making that um, very important um, distinction of what do we need versus extraneous things that might be interesting and helpful but aren't really critical and important for us and what we're looking for. So I, that. That whole selection process, if we can stay focused on what we need and evaluate to that, that's the first thing. And the second way, this is part of how we do that, is using an objective assessment tool. So something that's scientifically developed and not using our gut feeling and our intuition, which I feel like is important for the process as well. We need to blend and marry those um Uh, data points, but we can really go down the wrong path pretty quickly if we're only thinking about this from our gut feeling. I agree. I agree. I whew, that's so right. But but Robin and I think you would agree. The reason why we use our gut feeling is because we don't know anything else. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. And, and, it, and, it, 
Yep, ahead, that's part of it. But also we tap into, because we all have our intuition, right? It's mm-hmm. easy for us to tap into it, and it's hard for us to get outside of that. So I think that's another reason why we always are so um, in tune and take advantage of that intuition. But you, like you said, we need to we need to know more and get more information for us to have a good decision. And Robin, here's some here's some great things. Uh, here's some notes that I took when doing some of the research. I love this uh, this saying that you have. Um, there are only three times you get to fix people um, people challenges. Uh, number one, selection. Number two is training, and termination is number three. Invest in the first, and you'll save big on the other two. Mm-hmm. That seems maybe not people sense. That seems like common sense, and I love <laughs> it because common sense is not very common anymore, as we know. And I have a whole reason why I think that is, but we don't have time for that. Now, here's the <laughs> here's the thing that I really want to bring up because as you listeners out there, seriously, especially you agency owners, maybe anybody that's involved in hiring, here are four things that I think that these are the four behaviors mm-hmm. that I think that we all want to uncover. And tell me if Robin's wrong when she says this. Uh, here's four behaviors that you want to get. Um, will he, um, he or she work independently or be a team player? Oh man, we we know we ask each ourselves that. Is he or she the big picture person, and will he focus on the nitty gritty details? Wow, in our industry where documentation is key and data in is gar- garbage in, garbage out. That's so huge in the data that we need to drive our business today. Is she prone to follow established procedures or prefer to wing it all the time? Um, I am a person that loves to wing it, but I also realize that I have to surround myself with people who understand procedures because or our agency would be a mess. Um, and then will she, will she stand at the water cooler socializing with coworkers um, and be content in working in a cubicle or remote working environment? So those are your four that you lay there. Is there any specific reason why you've uncovered that these are the behaviors? Are these just the behaviors that seems to be with all employees? Or are these the ones? Are these the ones that business is not uncovering? These are very typical ones that I think can get a hiring manager in trouble if they if they need or if the position is. Um, needing more of one of these than another. And the big picture details is a great one because, um, you know, if we take that as an example to to look at where we hire somebody into a, a role that is all about the details and the, you know, the critical pieces, accuracy, quality, focus, but through the assessment process, we're able to tell what's the natural place that this individual is focusing. And if it's looking at big sky, big picture, more creative, more um, uh, strategic, and not thinking about those details, wow, what an issue this is going to be for the individual because they're going to keep running into situations where the manager is going to come back and say, whoa, what happened there? What happened to that, you know, those details we need? And they'll be like, oh, you know, I just wasn't thinking about that. Well, that's a problem. <laughs> yes, that is. Yes, it is. <laughs> so why not learn more about an individual's natural style so we can put them in the role that fits for them? The other thing I'll mention is that even if a person is focused on the big picture, like you were saying for yourself in terms of um, more about winging things versus established processes, there's two things we can work around it. It may not be 
that the end of the world. It's not an, a showstopper. We can't all be everything to all people. But the job may require some morphing at times to go to one end of this spectrum uh, than the other. But when we know where the individual is naturally leaning, we can help them with reminders, with some structure, with some um, um, morphing of the task itself, or as you said, filling in the gaps with another team player who's going to focus on that. So for me, in addition to this being a really critical piece of the hiring decision, it helps the individual be more successful in the long run when we can create that kind of environment. And I'll give you a quick uh, story if we have a second. Um, I, I I think we do. Okay. Perfect. So um, I was working with an sales organization who was using the assessments for hiring. And so we set the assessment up. They took it. I, you know, we touched base so that we could review the results. And quickly it became apparent that this individual was already in the organization selling but was struggling. I'm like, oh, I, I just assumed you were looking at this from a hiring perspective. And they said, no, you know, that's been really helpful. Um, but we have this person who's struggling, so we figured, well, and they had come on board before we started working together in the, you know, at the hiring point. And so, lo and behold, the um, struggling sales rep had um, results that were outside of the desired sort of comfortable pattern for where successful uh, producers were. And so we worked uh, had a conversation around, well, what can we do to modify both the environment and the support system around this individual? And so fast forward about eight months later, I went to a regional luncheon where they were um, uh, putting up huge screen, you know, of uh, the names of award winners. And I'm sitting next to the regional director and the um, this individual's name went up on the screen and I'm like elbowing the guy next to me. I'm like, and pointing to the screen, like, yeah, you guys, you know, you, they were about ready to terminate this person. Wow. And in a very short amount of time, he not only was meeting expectations, he was exceeding them. It doesn't always happen that way, but it can. And I feel like when we know more about how to work with an individual, we're going to be able to create a more successful outcome. And if it's not working for the individual, it's not going to work for the organization. And so that's where I want to focus is helping the individuals do their best by learning more about them, creating that awareness with self and manager to create those kinds of situations. It just gives me goosebumps. Yeah, I can tell you have a lot of passion for it and that's what I love and and you know it's the reason why we need people like yourself because as agency owners a lot of times and, and I just say it because I am an agency owner, we're not very good business owners mm. and a lot of times we were really good salespeople who decided we wanted to make more commission and figured the only way to do it was to start our own agency and cut the hire guy out mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that we're necessarily great business owners mm-hmm. and one of the things I think and, I'm, and, I, and I fall into this category sometimes is that I think we're always trying to chase the big shiny thing. Mm-hmm. And and definitely can fall victim to that. And you know, sometimes whenever you talk about HR services, or you take a, talk about hiring, or you talk about um, uh, just 
just run-of-the-mill branding. When you talk about that stuff, I think I see a lot of business owners and agency owners' eyes that like roll in the back of their head and they glaze over like, oh, this is so boring. But yet if I'm going to talk about marketing or advertising or you know this new program or whatever, everybody gets excited. And, and one of the things when I was doing my research on you, I found a great, um, a great uh, uh, quote that you have that I thought was great that was by uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson which is we uh, what we fear of doing most is usually what we most need to do mm-hmm. and I think that that's so important and that's why I think that uh, that it's so important what you're doing because because what you're doing is you're really helping us do things that we don't want to do that we don't care to figure out how to do <laughs> but yet at the end of the day is the most important I mean, we can bring in all the new business that we want, but if we don't have a system and we don't have processes and the right people in the right place, mm-hmm. that's not going to stay on the books very long, which means we're actually just wasting money. And and that's Absolutely. why I, I really like what you're doing here. Well, and I think having the right people on board will help you get the right processes and systems mm-hmm. in place too. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, um, I, I've seen, and in fact, I heard uh, from a client not too long ago where they were so they were um, really uh, frustrated, I guess is the word, or just sort of resigned. Was um, the the impression that I got from this a woman about, oh, it just takes so much of my time to work with my people, and for me, it it does, it mm-hmm, does. Mm-hmm. But the um, the benefits are just. You know, there's there's no question about it. If you don't spend that time, it's not going to be a um, an environment where your employees like to be, and your customers will feel that. I don't know what it is. It's just it's it's a human thing, and I don't know if it's a flaw in our DNA or somewhere that came tribal. But sometimes the most important of things are the things we do that we lack to do. And I'll give an example of parenting. Parenting is probably the most important thing that we need to do. But how many of us sit down and read a parenting book? Yeah, you know, and 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 it's a. Sh- I mean, I'm I'm there too. I'm not pointing any fingers here. I'm just saying that, and, and I think that this is that important. I mean, we are parenting in a way our employees and helping them achieve a better life so that they can do things on their own and make their own job a great job and successful and happy so that they can create their their own um, their own person so that we can create a culture. That's what I love about it. So, okay, a couple other things that I have here, um, Robin. Now, on some of these assessments, so so like if I want to learn how to hire better, um, I mean, and, and I say, hey, I want to do business with Robin. I mean, what, what do I do? Like, do I reach out and say, and then we sit down and we go over some of your assessment tools? Is it an on-site thing? Is it over a webinar? How does how does that work? It's almost all exclusively online, and it's so easy because because I I understand the importance of moving fast and being responsive. It's one of the things that I I value, and um, I know it's important from the agency's perspective too. So when you have a quali- uh, you know, a candidate that you're interested in, you know, as you said, reaching out via phone or email, letting me know. We can talk through just real quickly. I have, you know, the more than a decade, almost 15 years now, of working with agency owners, and I have a pretty uh, solid database on an understanding and knowledge of the different roles within the agency. So, you know, you tell me what positions, even though the titles sometimes. A change between agencies. Generally, I, I got you know I get it, um, <clears throat> and I'm aware of what those uh, attributes 
and uh, areas of um, the traits that we're looking for. So the candidate, when um, the agency owner would relay the candidate's name and email address, I send a link to the assessment. The candidate goes online, takes the assessment, and then I connect back with the agency owner or the hiring manager to look at the results. The reports really user-friendly, so you can read them and, and move forward, but I like the conversation so that I can point out things I see and obviously the um, agency owner can ask questions and we can talk through what does this mean and how do I use this information and their interview reports so you get you get suggested interview questions customized based on the candidates data you get coaching reports to help you with the um, management after the person comes on board and there's an individual report that the candidate can get which I think is valuable too they took the time and um, invested in this process and they are they're interested to know what their assessment results show so I, I think that's an important piece of it as well okay you know I was doing this uh, one of my notes here that I had I was doing this podcast uh, three or four ago Robin with uh, with David freeze and he is a uh, he is a negotiator, um, and he helps t- teach persuasion and influence and stuff. And one of the things he said, and, and tell me if this is wrong or not, he was talking about the fact that whenever we need to be a good manager, we need to, we're, what we're really doing is, is trying to manage behaviors. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that he said, which I thought was important, is is whenever he does a lot of consulting, and he doesn't do it necessarily for the insurance industry like you do um, uh, a lot of, he just doesn't. But he came from uh, from a referral from uh, from Billy Van Jura, um, which Billy is a is is a great agent himself. And one of the things that he said was is that a lot of times you're managing behaviors, but the problem with it is is that when you're dealing with some hard to handle a, um, uh, team members, is you're not actually managing the behavior, you're actually managing an attitude. Mm. And I thought that that was pretty good because. You've got to discover what that one person's need is to be able mm-hmm. to actually dig deep into it and be able to meet them at their level, you know. And I think that that was uh, has has a lot to do with it. As I close, I, I agree. In fact, ahead, I listened. I listened to that podcast several of yours recently. I'm just loving your work, and I'm benefiting from your podcast. So, oh, fantastic! Well, well good. Yeah, his his information was really great and helpful. And I would agree. I do think that, again, when we can understand more about a person's natural traits and work style, that's informing us about the attitude that they have relative to how they approach things. And when we can uh, address that, when we can meet it, when we can meet it, when we can um, work with it, that's when trust begins mm-hmm. and th- that's the, for me the foundation of all good relationships is having that trust that okay I may disagree with you and I may not even like what you're doing but if I can trust what you're doing I can move forward with it and so I am you know all about that okay and then and thank you and and here I'm writing some notes actually as you're writing this so as I wrap up here I want to wrap up with something that I know that uh, is going to touch probably the heart of pretty much everybody out there we are a huge dog society I don't I mean I don't know what's happened it's not a bad thing but in the last 10 15 20 years we are just boy am I wrong am I wrong here Robin do we not just love our pets see it everywhere yeah it's it's unbelievable I mean yeah. 
it's it's getting to the point where when one of them passes or something happens, uh-huh. it's literally like your children. And yeah. so I want to I want to wrap up with this then. What is your dog leadership? If someone goes out there and listens to the NHPR and uh, NHPR, what what are they going to find out exactly? And why? How are you relating what you do to dogs or however you did it? Please give us a yeah. give us a couple of hits on that. So yeah, so the short story is that the reason I bring both my dog and animals, all animals domestic and wild even into this whole idea of leadership is not because I love dogs which is what I which I do but it's because of experience I had with my own dog that that completely turned my world upside down when I realized I fell into a trap if you will into the mindset of of a bad manager and not knowing it. She, I adopted this, um, she's a Puerto Rican street dog, has a lot of fear issues, and I didn't know how to handle her. <clears throat> it's, and early on, like I'd only had her less than, about a few months even, and things were going downhill quickly. I was referred to a behavioralist a vet, sitting across from this woman, and I, the light bulb went off and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is not about Grace, which is the dog's name. This is about me. This is about how I am not handling the situation well. And so she's not able to be her best because I'm trying to put her in situations or to interact in a way that is not helpful to her. It's what I think she should be. It's how I think she should act. It's how I want to act. And the, the, the vet kept talking, but I wasn't listening anymore because I'm, I'm thinking the second light bulb went off and that this is what happens in workplaces. I have a manager who calls me in and says, fix this employee. They're doing all these things wrong. I'm, I, you know, it's not working. And so then I realized it, we really, we as managers, whether we're hiring, whether we're managing, we need to take responsibility for our role in this and uh, and create that um, uh, joint, uh, both responsibility and actions towards moving this forward. And as soon as I started to put in place some of the things that this vet was recommending for me and my dog, Grace, it was amazing. She still has challenges, and I'm not saying it's we both have challenges. We, we still have things we're working through. She's almost 12 years old now. So this has been a decade-long, you know, venture with her. But I feel like we can learn so much from the compassion that we have for our animals. We often do not have for people in the workplace. And when we recognize where they're coming from, we are so much more likely to create that space environment and outcomes that we all want wow that is a um i'm just sitting here thinking of this whole situation it is it is very very common and 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 kind of overlaps the same way and i'm and and here's i won't go into it too long but this is amazing because i have a a a large german shepherd he's very very large he's about 115 pounds and he's Mm -hmm. pure white and his back legs went out um, he has hip dysplasia, and so we have to we have this strap or whatever you have to carry him around and stuff like that. And my wife and I are wondering. He seems like he has such he's in such uh, a good spirits, but we wonder sometimes what 
his uh, what mm-hmm. he's going through in his own mind. And so that was interesting. You had me kind of thinking there, but then also how similar some of these things that I'm thinking about my dog actually are some of the same interior mm-hmm. things that I'm thinking about my office and my staff. So you made me kind of open up there for a minute and kind of think about some things differently. So that was awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that is that is good stuff. That is good stuff. Well, Robin, I mean, wrapping up, what is there anything that uh, you, that we, maybe we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? I think we have one thing um, before we do wrap up. Actually, I've got a note here about a meeting or a little uh, workshop slash webinar that you want to have. I, I know you and Anna have been talking about this. Have you finalized those those details of what's going to? Yes, yes. <clears throat> I occasionally will hold an open forum Q and A, and I'm having one on August third. So people can register. It's not on my website. Well, it will be. It will be on the website. So when you go to www.peoplesense.com, you can find how to register there or send me an email. We'll get you signed up if you're interested. Um, It's on August 3rd, 11 o'clock Eastern time. And people can, you know, ask open forum for hiring, managing questions so that, just a little bit more of an opportunity to brainstorm and get some answers to burning questions that people have. And so that's uh, 11 Eastern Standard Time on August 3rd, right? That's right. Okay, and then you may have said it, but I was writing, I apologize, writing these notes. Is there Where can they go to sign up for it? PeopleSenseConsulting.com. It's also going to be on my Facebook page. If they're on Facebook, they can get the link there. Uh, Twitter. Facebook. What is Facebook? No, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Okay, so yeah, you know that's a, that's a question you haven't had anybody ask in a long time. Um, so okay, so so that is that is good. Okay, well I'm I'm excited that you're having that. We want to get this podcast out ASAP so that we can get people give people enough time to do that. Um, also, um, if I'm correct, uh, this next week on the 28th, you're actually going to be joining us on the Mastermind, uh, the Grow Mastermind. So that's that's going to be a good time. Very excited. I'm looking forward to that. Um, so all you Mastermind members are going to get her one-on-one and be able to ask her questions. So we greatly appreciate. Is there anything you want to wrap up with, Robin? Just uh, so appreciate the work that you're doing, Jason. I One of the things that I've felt in working with the agency owners is that, you know, when I go through the assessment results, I get um, additional questions about, you know, do I really need to check references and, you know, those sorts of things. And I know those questions are out there and they don't always have the ready access to that kind of, um, help and information. And so, um, what you're doing is so helpful to create these learning experiences. And like, like I said, I've benefited already from the ones that I've listened to. So I'm grateful and um, and thanks. Wow, fantastic. Thank you very much, Robin. I really find a, a true joy in doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the listeners know, but I, I don't make it. You're not going to pay me any money for this. Even if people use your services, mm-hmm. you're not going to pay me any money for this. That's not what this is about. This mm-hmm. is just about creating change inside the insurance industry so that we can create forward momentum by giving those who have a voice. And we appreciate you taking your voice. And you do have a voice in this industry, but I want to do everything I can to amplify it. So closing up this, we do know, and the listeners probably are sitting around waiting on the, you know, just waiting for this question to be asked because they're so excited. Uh, Leaders are readers, and readers are leaders, and it's this section time for that. And what book are you reading, or what book would you recommend to us that you've read recently that really kind of amazed you? 
Uh, two, actually, if I can do two. You finding can. Our Way, Finding Our Way by Margaret Wheatley, just a, um, very strong on creating a culture that um, embodies some of the, a lot of the things we've already talked about. And then because I'm really into the animal thing, uh, there's one book that I'm reading, also reading right now. I've got two going. Um, reading Between the, or I'm sorry, uh, Riding Between the Worlds. And it's by Linda. I don't have any idea how to pronounce her last name. K-O-H-A-N-O-V. And it talks about how horses lead us to uh, a deeper understanding of those uh, deep challenges that we have. So it's fascinating. Wow. Okay. Okay. That sounds interesting. I like that stuff. I like that. And then what yeah. was the other one? You said you had a second one? Uh, the first one was Finding Our Way by uh-huh. Mark Margaret Wheatley. And then this one was Riding Between the World. That's it. That's it. Riding yeah. Between the World. Okay. Riding Between the World. All right. I love to let those know. Well, uh, Robin, I do appreciate you taking your time. Um, once again, if they want to find you, they can go to peoplesenseconsulting.com. Once again, that's S-E-N-S-E. And then what was your uh, email address? And if you would, spell that out for them. Yes. Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at people, P-E-O-P-L-E, sense, S-E-N-S-E, consulting.com. You never know, Robin. There's people like me out there that just cannot spell at all. So, you know, we want, we want to make sure even the non-smellers can get their hiring and their managing uh, people sense consulting. So that's important. So thank you very much, Robin. Well, as you guys know, I try to do everything I can to bring on the best. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm always at my best because I butchered the first five minutes of this uh, podcast, but it doesn't matter because it's not about me. It's not about grow. It's about you getting better. And by having people like Robin on, um, I'm getting better. She's getting better. We're all getting better. And that's the whole point of this podcast. I do want to close up with just reminding you of Grow Laboratory. I want to give a shout out again to our sponsors of Rocket Referral Insurance Agent uh, mobile app. And I do apologize. I actually said that uh, their website wrong. It was Go Insurance agent.com so I, I want you to put that goagent.com my goodness I am bu- I'm butchering that and advisors evolved uh, and also marble box so I want to tell you about those four because without those four I couldn't run my agency the way I could um, and I couldn't be as efficient as we are and we're not even using them to their full potential and we're trying every day so remember always for peoplesenseconsulting.com if you have any managerial issues or if it's hiring practices and there's a bunch of other stuff that Robin does she's got a download library out there, a learning center. I mean, so please go out there and take advantage of this. Robin didn't create this stuff just because she thinks she's cool. She's creating this so that she can make you cool. So remember, if you can always remember this, if you need to find me, you can always find me at jason at growprogram.com. Tell me your thoughts, tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass with Agents Influence Podcast, and we are... (laughs) 